0: Hello, I'm Gary Fogel, and welcome to Kentucky Sports Memories. Thanks for joining me again. And last week at this time, if you were with me, you know that I talked about the Kentucky Derby because it's just around the corner. Talked about Mind That Bird winning it in 2009, the long shot horse who uh, won the race, the surprise winner. It was uh, tied for the third longest shot ever to win the Kentucky Derby. Also in that show, we talked about Man of War, This week, we're going to talk about female riders in the Kentucky Derby. Even if you don't follow horse racing, I ask that you stay with me because I think you'll find this week's show interesting. It's sort of like, I like to say, it's sort of like the movie Rocky. Most people have seen the movie Rocky. And Rocky, a lot of people said when it came out way back in 1976, a lot of people said, well, I won't go see the movie because it's about boxing and I don't care anything about boxing. And if you watched the movie, obviously, and most of us did, you found that it was more than just about boxing. It was about perseverance. It was about dealing with difficulties. It was about overcoming obstacles. It was a love story. It was so many elements that made that a great movie. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that today's show is going to be as great as Rocky. But what I'm going to tell you is it has a lot of elements to it very similar to Rocky and overcoming obstacles and things of that nature and achieving your goals. And and there's a lot of good side stories to it. It's not just about horse racing. I was going to include uh, this topic with last week's show. And the reason I didn't is because after doing the interviews, I found this topic deserves a show all to itself because these people are so interesting. And the reason I'm doing today's show is because this is the 50th anniversary of the first female jockey to ever ride in the Kentucky Derby. Back in 1970, Diane Crump rode in the Kentucky Derby. She finished 15th out of 17 on a horse named Fathom, but where she finished in the race is really not important. It was the fact that she broke barriers. I talk with Diane and also talk with the other riders other female riders who have been in the Kentucky Derby. But let's start with Diane Crump because quite a story, she breaks ground in 1970 as the first female rider in the Kentucky Derby. This is the 50th anniversary of that race. So here's my conversation with Diane.
1: So Diane, you'll forever be known as the first female jockey to ride into the Kentucky Derby. When that happened, were you aware of the significance?
2: No, I think it's hard to know the significance of anything in the moment. I think it made people recognize that women were capable of riding at that level. That, you know, it just didn't have to be, you know, one of those lesser tracks that, you know, that we were actually able to compete on equally. So, I mean, I think looking back, I think the combination definitely
1: brought more respect to women riders. What was your derby week like? Not necessarily just the race, but the entire week leading up to the race.
2: I mean, you know, the thing about Louisville is (laughs) I've been going there for galloping horses and whatever for years. So there is an excitement in Louisville that is, I don't know, for me, I guess because being in the racing world, that is unequal to anything else. I mean, just the excitement, you can feel it. You know, I mean, the horses already have an amazing meaning. And it's see I guess, just the historical part of it, it just, it's so strong. It just makes it, it just makes everything feel different. It's just an excitement. And, you know, you want to win races. You want, you know, you've got horses to to run. You, you want to win. You want to be a part of it all. So it's an excitement that I think is very hard to describe, and because I love all parts of horse racing, riding races, all parts of it, that just the excitement of it is something that is is—it's kind of a really cool feeling to live through.
1: Do you still remember your emotions like during the post parade, right as you load into the gate, all that? I do remember that. I
2: mean, for me, I guess for me – the the biggest thing, you know, knowing if you're on a, you know, a long a long shot that you know is not, you know what I mean. There is that that feeling, but on the other hand, when they play my old Kentucky home, it changes everything. When you're just when you're warming up, you hear that song, it it definitely does something to you. It it sends an excitement through you that you're like, okay. I know I really don't have a chance, but I'm dreaming that it could happen. (laughs) So I think that's one of the feelings that it gives you. So do
1: you, the derby race, obviously you can't remember every detail about every race you ever rode, but the derby race, do you remember every detail about that race, how you broke, where you were at the quarter pole, on the back stretch, so on and so forth? You know,
2: I mean, what I remember, I mean, I broke good. I got a decent position around the turn. The one thing I guess, That was the best feeling, is that down the backside, he started moving up and passing horses. So from the backside around, going toward the quarter pole into that far turn, he was actually moving up and giving a little bit of a challenge, which just even that, even making a bit of a run, felt so great. I'm not kidding. It just... You know, you felt him giving it something, and that you were passing horses, and that you felt like, all right, I belong here. You know, it was an awesome feeling.
1: But you finished 15th of 17th, I believe, so I right. he did your horse tired in the stretch. He did. He's bred to go a mile.
2: <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: And that's what he did. He went a mile, and, and he
2: basically slowed down. Yes, pretty much.
1: <laughs> Whose decision was it to ride you in the derby? Was it the owner, the trainer? It was the did owner.
2: He... It was the owner.
1: And what was your reaction when he told you?
2: Well, he came, it was so funny because he came that morning to the barn, and he said he asked Don, the trainer, he to um, come to sit in the car, and he said, "I have a question. Will you will you run? That would you be willing to run Fathom in the Derby?" And Don said. I'll run them down Longfield there if you want me to, Mr. Brown.
1: (laughs) (laughs) For for those listening, Longfield is the street just outside the the barn area of Churchill. Right.
2: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So, and then after, you know, he excused Don from the car, then he called me in and he said, Diane, would you be willing to ride Fathom in the Derby for me? That's how he asked me. Would I be willing? So, I mean, it was, it was humble because Mr. Brown was one of the nicest people I've ever met. And he knew the horse didn't belong there, but he was getting old. He didn't live very much longer after that. And he just wanted in his life to see one of his horses run in the Derby. It just was so important to him. I mean, it meant the world. He was from Louisville. You know, he was a sportsman. He loved racing. He was involved. He was just a great man. Just you know, and humble, and I mean, he's one of the first totally wealthy people that loved the sport, that loved the people. I mean, every every time you'd, he'd come to the barn, whether a groom or a hot walker or, you know, the riders, he just, he was so friendly, and he just treated them like, you know, they just came out of the executive inn. I mean, he was awesome.
1: Did he at all realize what he was asking? I mean, did he say to you, Diane, I realize no female's ever ridden in this race, this is a big deal? Did he say that at all? No, he that you?
2: I don't think that crossed his mind. Really? Nope, it didn't cross his mind. He was one hundred percent comfortable with me as a rider. He didn't care that I was young, that I hadn't done that much. And the significance of the Derby was he loved it so much. It was such a passion. And he wanted to be a part of it, and he thought I was a great rider. he loved the way I rode i uh, you know he'd won more races with me that year than any other rider he'd ever had in the years he had horses, and he thought Don was a great trainer, so no, he was humble, and he didn't he he didn't that significance really didn't cross his mind
1: so did it cross your mind, or at what point did you go, oh?" I'm gonna be a trendsetter here. I'm That's I'm gonna
2: it never that never crossed my mind.
1: Really? That's nope. interesting.
2: How did the other jocks treat you prior to the race? No, by then it was all completely fine. I had no
0: issues with any rider. You heard Diane mention she was young when she rode in the Kentucky Derby. She was twenty two years old at the time, nineteen seventy, when she rode in that race. The only Kentucky Derby which she ever rode. But Diane was also the first female jockey to ride in a professional paramutual race. That happened the year before in 1969. And coming up later in the show, we're going to circle back to the trials and tribulations she went through as being the first professional rider in a paramutual race and some other obstacles she had overcome. We'll get to that later in the show. But when we come back... We're going to hear from the other five female riders who have all ridden in the Kentucky Derby. They all have interesting stories, and we'll touch on that in just a moment. Stay with me. I'm Gary Fogel. This is Kentucky Sports Memories.
3: I'm Krista Schaus with United Way of Central Kentucky here in Elizabethtown. I just want to stop for a moment, tell everybody that if you're looking for help at this time, which for a lot of folks that can be food, it might be a, a bill payment, uh, you might need help with medicine. What you can do is you can call 211. That's just 211 and it's toll-free, it's confidential. What they'll do is they'll ask you what your zip code is. And they'll try to navigate resources for you. If that does not work because 211 is not the be all end all of help, please reach out to the United Way office at 270 737 6608. We are working from home, but the phones are routed directly to our cell phones, and so we're able to look through our resource guides and try to help give you further direction. But your first call should be to 211. And if all else fails, once again, the United Way office at 270-737-6608. Thank you. Be well.
0: I'm Gary Fogle. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories. We're talking about female riders in the Kentucky Derby because the Derby is coming up here very shortly and it was 50 years ago 1970 when Diane Crump was the first female jockey in the history of the Kentucky Derby. The second to ever ride in that race was Patty Cooksey and she did so 14 years later, 14 years after Diane Crump rode, that's how long it was before another female rider was aboard a horse in that race. 1984, P.J. Cooksey, Patty Cooksey, was in the Kentucky Derby, and here's my conversation with her about her experience.
1: Your Kentucky Derby ride, what do you remember about it, or do you remember everything? My Kentucky
4: Derby ride,
1: well, it started
4: probably Monday before Derby, and um, I remember being only the second woman in the history of um, 100-some years that um it was something pretty special, so you know we did a lot of media interviews and you know just had a had a really fun time on the backside with you know all the media and that kind of thing and um just just doing all the interviews just dreaming of of riding in the race was just uh you know unbelievable leading up to it but um the the day of the race, you know I didn't change anything pretty much same routine um and I know, you know, Jocks have said, you know, you, you treat it as just another race, which it is a race. You all load up, and, you know, starting gate together, but um, but it was it was such a, such a good feeling. But yet I still had to be professional. So um, I remember coming out of the tunnel, and of course, you know, the the crowd of hundred and some thousand singing my old Kentucky home, and you know, the goosebumps went up my spine, and you know, just all over tingle. It was just a wonderful feeling. And then as you come out of the tunnel and you look in the infield and the thousands of people, you know, you can't really pick one particular face out, but there's just thousands of people. And then it was just, uh, it was just unbelievable. And, then, you know, the post parade was, was pretty normal. You you know, you're warming up your horse, you're concentrating on how your horse is warming up, you know, keeping him calm, you know, with the crowd and everything. And then I think there was 20. 21 or 22 horses in the field. There was, you know, there was quite a few. And it just seemed like it took forever to get us all loaded in the gate. And um, my horse, you know, was, was calm and, and um, collected in the starting gate. But then I remember looking out through the bars of the starting gate down the stretch. You know, it starts at the top of the stretch. and And my thought was, oh, my goodness, it's the Kentucky Derby. And, you know, and then they called last last horse out, you know, and then, uh, yeah, I just got tied on and, and broke. You know, and, and again, the race is just another race. I mean, you, you ride it, you jockey for position. As we turn for home, now, I, I'm not going to win the derby. I don't have enough horse under me, but my horse is running. So I, what I wanted to do was finish as close as I could and beat as many horses as I could in the whole field. And um, so I'm kind of picking up horses a little bit and asking him. And then as I turned, turned from home up at the top of the stretch, it was the most amazing thing. It was like this force lifted me out of the saddle. My horse kind of pricked his ears a little bit and kind of like threw his head up. And it was like this big force just, just hitting you. And it was like, oh, my goodness, the most amazing thing. Before I rode the race, I would asked Don Bromfield, what do I need to know to ride in the Kentucky Derby? John Brumfield, one one of the greatest riders, and um, in his old Southern draw, he was like, "Well," he said, "the wall." He says, "When you hit the wall, just keep riding." So I was thinking, "Well, you know, runners hit a wall, and you know, um, will I get tired going a mile and a quarter? You know, that kind of thing." Well, when we when we hit that wall, my horse threw his head up. It just flashed in my mind, like, "Oh my gosh, that's the wall." And it was over a hundred some thousand people screaming and yelling, and it was like a sound barrier that you kind of, kind of hit. And, and then, you know, like in those two, that split second and those two strides, I went ahead and I asked my horse to put his head down and you know continue running. And then, uh, you know, like I said, I think we passed two or three right there inside the sixteenth pole, and uh, finished eleventh out of twenty-two, I believe. So we beat half the field. And and pulling up, you know, just still hearing the crowd um, just still gives me goosebumps. It was, it was one of the most amazing feelings to, to ride in the Kentucky Derby.
1: I know we're talking Derby here, but I want to jump ahead to the Preakness just because you were the first female jockey to ever ride in the Preakness. What was that like to be the first to be a trendsetter? Um,
4: that was exciting too. Yeah. I mean, there's just, um, it was really different being the first because the, um, the the freakness, you know, it, it, it's it's got prestige as being the second leg of the triple crown, but but not as not as over the top as the
0: Kentucky Derby. PJ is now retired as a jockey, but she's still involved in thoroughbred racing and she has a very enviable job. I'm currently the assistant director of incentives and
4: development for the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission and the Breeders Incentive Fund. and in
1: plain english language what what does that mean
4: um so so the kentucky breeders incentive fund the kbif is a um is an agency underneath the kentucky racing commission that the breeders that breed their mares to a kentucky registered stallion um uh, the 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 main thing of the program is to keep the economic engine of horse racing and, and horses in kentucky so you breed your mayor to a Kentucky registered stallion, the mayor has to remain in the state from the time she's bred to the time she falls, which is about 11 month gestation. So having the best job in the state government, I have a state vehicle, a state tablet, state phone, and I make appointments and I go to the farms and I go and check the fields and the barns and make sure the mayors are still in the state. So they can't leave the state. And um, so it's it's a great job, I love it.
1: So let me get this straight. Basically, you have a state-issued vehicle and they pay for your gas so you can drive around to horse farms and play with horses all day. Is that right?
4: <laughs> yep, that's pretty much what I get to do.
1: Um,
4: you know, it it's so much fun. I had the one farm I went to, there was a foal that just was a character and and this foal left his mama and just kept following me around the field as I'm going, you know, from and I mean, Finally, I started videotaping it, you know, over my shoulder, and, he, and as soon as I stopped, he'd put his head over my shoulder and just, you know, nuzzle me, and it was, it's just, it is so cool with the babies, and, you know, I play with them, and then I see some going like, wow, that's a nice-looking fool. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a tough job, but somebody's got to do it, Gary.
1: <laughs> well, Good for you. We all hate you now for it, but that's okay. i <laughs> sure you'll get over it. Patty, <laughs> right. thanks for your time. I appreciate it, and, and good luck with visiting with the horses today.
5: Gary, thank you so much. It's always nice talking with you, and uh, you take care of yourself.
0: As I mentioned, there was a 14-year gap between Patty Cooksing and Diane Crump riding in the Kentucky Derby as far as female riders. Diane Crump riding in 1970. Not until 1984 did the next female ride when that was Patty Cooksey. Then the next one to come along was Andrea Seafelt, and it was seven years after Patty Cooksey's ride. 1991, Andrea Seafelt finished 16th in the Kentucky Derby. She won more than 600 races in her career. Her biggest win, her biggest claim to fame was winning the Pennsylvania Derby. But on Thursday of Derby week in 1991, She sees where this horse, his name is Forty-something, he's a long shot, he's gonna run in the derby, and the jockey who's riding is a friend of hers, and the agent of the jockey is a friend of hers. So she calls the agent and says, hey, congratulations, I see you're going to the derby. And the agent says, no, we're not gonna go ride, but you should go. And she thought, well, they're not gonna ride me in the derby, and She explains the best advice she ever got from this agent friend of hers.
5: What's the worst thing that can happen is they say no. I'm like, well, okay. So I called, I had ridden for Reggie Varden and the owner Sam Morrell and won on several of their horses in Maryland. Um, I had not ridden, or I didn't even know, 40 something at the time, but I still called Reggie and said, hey, you guys need a jockey. I'll come down and ride them. And Reggie said, it's okay with me, call the boss. So he gave me Mr. Morrell's number, and I called Mr. Morrell. This is 9 o'clock at night, Thursday night by now. And Mr. Morell said, well, we've got we've asked two other riders, and if they say no, then pack your bags, and we'll get back to you. And I know one of them was Julie Chrome. She turned down the mount, so she would have been ridden the, the derby before I did if she had accepted the mount. The horse was, uh, I think, 300, 300 to one, He was quite a long shot. <laughs>
1: Right. But,
5: um, so he called me back at 10 o'clock at night and said, pack your bags. You're going to the Derby. And I didn't sleep. I called, um, called like everybody I knew, woke him up in the middle of the night and said, I'm going to the Derby. And everybody's like, yeah, well, you know, drink a, drink a black, but the mint up for me, I'm like, right. no, 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 I'm, I'm going to ride in the Derby. And that's how I, that's how I got my Derby mount.
1: What was the experience like, the mounting in the paddock, uh, coming out onto the track, all the pre-race stuff? What was that like?
5: Uh, Coming out onto the racetrack, everybody said, when they play my old Kentucky home, you're going to cry. And when they played it, I was smiling ear to ear because I was thinking to myself, look at this. A couple years ago, I'd been riding at Penn National. Everybody said I wouldn't make it. Here I am in the Kentucky Derby, and I was just laughing, laughing and having a great time, enjoying it all. And then the post trade, I remember going around the post trade, the crowd, the feeling and the the energy from the crowd as we're going around the post trade, it was like they were doing the wave. You know, they had to get the crescendo of the, the people cheering as we rode by in the post trade. It was incredible.
1: Do you remember every detail about the race, like where you were at every uh, every call?
5: Oh, absolutely. And I was laying second going into the first turn and um laid second for most of the race. Halfway, about halfway around the turn, last turn, still past three-eighths pole, possibly. Um, you know, they started coming at us, and the horses were coming at us. So I chirped to him, gave him a little nudge, and, and he, I had a horse. I was like, holy cow. And he, he went with them for about three strides, and that was it. And he went from there. <laughs> <laughs> I've I'm I'm never had a horse back up so quick in my life. And I was in reverse, and the whole rest of the field passed me within two strides, and that was... Terrifying, because as they came by me, they took my spot. And that was the longest stretch running ever. I was last by many, <laughs> and I wasn't sure if I should just stand up and let them coast home, or stay down. And I was like, Well, it looks bad on TV if you stand up. know yeah, well, that was that was yeah <laughs> that was the worst part of it.
1: I understand, but you but at least you were in the big show.
5: Yeah, it was it was incredible. That's two days of my
0: life. The best two days of her life, despite the fact her horse finished 16th and last in that Kentucky Derby. But that didn't matter. She was thrilled to be there. Andrea, by the way, has retired as a jockey, but now she shoots and teaches sporting clays. As a matter of fact, when we had our conversation, she was on her way home from a competition. Stay with us. When we come back, there are three more female jockeys who've ridden in the Kentucky Derby. We'll hear their stories. And then coming up at the very end of the show, the last segment, we'll circle back to Diane Crump and talk about the experiences she went through as a trailblazer in being the first female jockey to ever ride in a paramutual race. And all the negative experiences that she had with that you want to hear that story as well. Stay with me when we come back, much more from the female jockeys who've ridden in the Kentucky Derby on this, the 50th anniversary of Diane Crump being the first female to ride in the race back in 1970. I'm Gary Fogle, this is Kentucky Sports Memories. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories. I'm Gary Fogle. Thank you for joining me. And we are talking horse racing because the Kentucky Derby is coming up. And we're in particular talking about the Diane Crump because this is the 50th anniversary of her being the first female jockey to ride in the Kentucky Derby. Happened back in 1970. She finished 15th aboard a horse named Fathom. So far we've talked to three of the jockeys who've ridden in the race along with Diane with Patty Cooksey rode in 1984. Then Andrea Seafelt rode in 1991. And so we move on to 1992 where Julie Crone rode in the Kentucky Derby. And obviously many of you have heard her name. She is the all-time winningest jockey as far as females in thoroughbred racing history winning more than 3,700 races in her career. And Julie rode twice, the first female to ride more than one Kentucky Derby. She rode in 1992, where she finished 14th, then again in 1995, where she finished 11th. And I found a the theme running throughout all these women who were able to ride in the race. They obviously were honored to ride. They thought it was a very special moment uh feather and their cap for their career to ride in the Kentucky Derby, but they all seemed to talk about the fact that uh, they were touched, moved, thought it was special when they heard the song My Old Kentucky Home, even though most of these women weren't born in Kentucky, weren't raised in Kentucky, weren't raised in Kentucky, don't live here now. Patty Cooksey lives here. She lives in uh, Kentucky still, but, but yet My Old Kentucky Home was very special to them, and that was the case for Julie Crone, who rode in the race twice.
1: You had ridden in a lot of big races, so when you came onto the track for the post parade, for the derby, did you handle it just like you would any other race, or did your emotions kind of overtake you a little bit (laughs) there? No, I really liked it when they sang my old Kentucky home. I think that was a really fun song, And and it was an emotional song in a way that it didn't. You know, it didn't affect me for like 45 minutes. It was like 20
0: seconds of the song. As I mentioned, Julie Crone finished 14th in 1992, and then she wrote again in 1995, where she finished 11th. By the way, she did go on to win a Belmont Stakes race to become the only female jockey to win a race of any of the Triple Crown races. She won in the Belmont Stakes aboard a horse named Colonial Fair. That was in 1993. She also became the first woman to ride a winner in a Breeders' Cup race. She was the first woman to be inducted in the National Museum of Racing Hall of Fame. So, quite a career she has had. She is retired now and is a jockey's agent. All right, we will move on to Julie Crone, And next on our list is Rosemary Holmeister. And Rosemary rode in the Kentucky Derby eight years after Julie Crone last rode in it. 1995 was Julie's last ride. It wasn't again till 2003, there was another female jockey in the Kentucky Derby, Rosemary Holmeister. I talk with her.
1: So tell me, what was your derby experience like?
7: Amazing. <laughs> to sum it up, it was from the time that I was asked to ride in the Kentucky Derby by the trainer, Emmanuel Tatura. It was like a life dream come true in such an early stage in my career, and just being able to be in such a prestigious race was mind-blowing at that moment, you know. Um, Being at the Kentucky Derby for that week was such an experience. The excitement, the energy of the people, the horses, you know, everything that was just going on around the atmosphere was just electric. It was it was just such an amazing experience and to actually ride in the kentucky derby you know i didn't look at myself as just being the only woman in it you know i looked at it like wow this is a huge stepping stone in my racing career to be recognized and honored to be able to be asked to ride in this race so it it was a great experience rosemary
0: finished 13th in that race back in 2003 in her only kentucky derby mount she too has since retired and has now gotten into the health and wellness industry she's become a certified personal trainer and fitness nutrition specialist as a matter of fact she went on to compete in bikini fitness contests winning her first ever show and competing internationally to finish second among top competitors so good for her obviously she's quite fit these days <laughs> let's move on from rosemary to rosie rosie Naprovnik. She is the last female jockey to compete in the Kentucky Derby. There have been six overall in the history of the race and the last to do it, Rosie Naprovnik. And she's the only female jockey to ride in three Kentucky Derbies. 2011, she finished ninth. 2013, she finished fifth. And that's the best finish ever by a female jockey in the run for the Roses. Then she came back a year later in 2014, and she finished 19th. So Rosie Naprovnik, three times aboard a Kentucky Derby horse and the last one to do so as far as a female jockey in the race happening back in 2014.
1: Rosie, you're the only female jockey to ride in three Kentucky Derbys. What's that mean to you?
6: I would say all three of those experiences were extremely special um, in their own right. The jockeys told me that, you know, oh, you'll tear up when they play my old Kentucky home, which I didn't. And I wasn't surprised, um, but it was the moment after the song was finished that there was just a moment of silence, and then the cheers, the roars from the crowd, and that was one of the coolest moments. Um, seeing and hearing that from the perspective of being on the racetrack, because you can see, you know, the entire grandstand, and it's really kind of a, a view that only a few of us, you know, get to see every year. Um, and I just remember a couple of the horses in front of us uh, reacting to that sound from the crowd, and it was just uh, that was a really big moment. It was really cool to to have that perspective from the racetrack, looking up at the stands, um, and you know, seeing and hearing all those people, and then was really cool.
0: Rosie had quite the career in horse racing. She's also retired. She finished with more than 1,800 wins. And she would have had a great deal more if she'd stuck around because she was only 26 when she called it quits. But during her short career, she was a two time winner of the Kentucky Oaks. So that's impressive. She's also the only, only the second woman jockey to win a Breeders' Cup race and the only female jockey to win more than one Breeders' Cup races, as she's won two. As a matter of fact, in 2014, after she won a Breeders' Cup race, That's when she announced her retirement, said she was pregnant and she was wanting to start a family. So at age 26, she called it quits. But she had quite the career while she was riding in thoroughbred racing. And uh, she now lives uh, here in Kentucky in Shelby County, has a small farm with her husband, who's a trainer. Her husband is Joe Sharp. And she assists her husband along with raising kids and living the life as far as being involved with horses and living on the farm living here in kentucky and a three-time rider in the kentucky derby the only female to ever ride that many races all right as i mentioned we're going to circle back now to diane crump because not only was she the first female jockey in the kentucky derby happening back in 1970 but she's the first female jockey to ride professionally in a mutual race and she went through some difficulties being that trendsetter and we'll hear those stories when she comes back they're very interesting i think you'll be intrigued by them so that's coming up in just a moment right after the break please stay with me i'm gary fogel this is kentucky sports memories
3: Krista Schaus with United Way of Central Kentucky here in Elizabethtown. I just want to stop for a moment, tell everybody that if you're looking for help at this time, which for a lot of folks that can be food, it might be a, a bill payment, uh, you might need help with medicine, what you can do is you can call 211. That's just 211, and it's toll free, it's confidential. What they'll do is they'll ask you what your zip code is. And they'll try to navigate resources for you. If that does not work because 211 is not the be all end all of help, please reach out to the United Way office at 270 737 6608. We are working from home, but the phones are routed directly to our cell phones, and so we're able to look through our resource guides and try to help give you further direction. But your first call should be to 211 and if all else fails once again the united way office at 270-737-6608 thank you be well
0: I'm Gary Fogle. Welcome back to Kentucky Sports Memories. We're talking female jockeys in the Kentucky Derby. I actually was looking at, in particular, Diane Crump because this is the 50th anniversary of her being the first female jockey to ride in the Derby. She did so back in 1970. Ended up talking to all six female jockeys who've ridden in the race. But we're now going to get back to Diane Crump because she was not only the first female jockey in the Kentucky Derby, she was the first female jockey to ride in a pari-mutuel thoroughbred race. That came a year prior to her derby mount. On February 7th, 1969, Crump rode in a race at the Hialeah Park that's down in Miami and she became the first female jockey to ride in a parimutuel race. So I talked to her about that event and the difficulties she went through surrounding it.
1: And I know you got some negative reaction from fans. What was that like? What did they say to you? You know, I mean, the
2: worst thing is, well, like, you know, in the paddock, everybody's telling you, you don't belong there, go home, go cook dinner, go clean your house. I mean, it was on and on and on. That type of thing. And then, you know, the articles that they wrote that women, you know, weren't strong enough, weren't smart enough, weren't (laughs) mentally stable enough. I mean, it was on and on and on. But for me, I don't care. I could care less. I am focused. I loved it more than anything in the world at that point. I just loved it. I loved races. I loved riding horses. And I wanted to be a jockey. That's it. I just wanted to ride races. So I... Paid no attention to any of it. Nothing. I, I just ignored it.
1: Do you remember any one fan in particular, like what they may have said to you that would have been just absolutely over the top?
2: No, but here's what I remember. Here's one thing I remember: is one summer, I rode at Delaware Park, and uh, one particular fan, every single. And, you know, we had quite a few horses to run, so I was riding almost every day. But anyway, one fan, every single time I rode, would just, from the time I went to the paddock all the way walking out onto the track, he would be like, Go home! Go back to your kitchen! Go back to this! On and on, just all these catty remarks that were just, uh, they were annoying. And his voice was annoying, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, when finally, but I ignored it. I don't care. We everybody ignored it. The you know the grooms, the people that went over with the horse, the hot walker, you know, Don the trainer and all that. So everybody ignored it. Finally, we moved to Atlantic City, and we were like, oh, it, it was so funny because the first horse we were getting ready to run, we said, oh, we not it be nice and not have that guy hollering at us all the time. <laughs> And wouldn't you know, the first thing we heard, the fir- it was the first race of the day, opening the day of the meet. And here he was, gone to Atlantic City and hollering at me again.
1: <laughs> and you never said anything to him?
2: No, but I will say that um, there's a little gal that worked for us. Her name was Little Bit. She was from she was from right there in Delaware, close to the track. Anyway, she walked up for us, and she was like my little advocate. She was just a little young black girl that was awesome. We had the best time. She was, you know, she walked hot. She helped with the horses. Anyway, and she was my advocate. So every time I rode, she'd be there in the paddock to defend me.
3: <laughs> I didn't need it,
2: but she that was her job. So anyway, it was so funny because she ran around and she was like, and <laughs> Don's a little hot-headed. So anyway, she said, Don, Don, come here. That's him under the monitor. And he was, he was like holler, you know, giving all the, sending all the cat calls and on and on and on. And all these people were around him. And so, Little Bit said, come on, Don, give him a punch. So he ran up there and punched him right in the face. <laughs> so the guy, the guy hit the ground and Little Bit and Don ran back and then got in the crowd and came up like they were, what happened? What happened? <laughs> so anyway, nobody ever realized that it was Don that did it, but, from then on, he never said another word. <laughs> so we were all glad for that.
0: Now, there were some advantages to being the first female jockey in horse racing, and uh, Diane enjoyed those. She was called and asked to come down to a track in Puerto Rico for a match race. Now, usually a match race is because you're trying to match up two really good horses. If you've ever seen the movie Sea Biscuit, you saw the match race he ran against uh, War Admiral who was a Triple Crown winner. But this match race was more between jockeys than it was so much about the horses. It was bringing in a female rider, which was a novelty act, something new, something different. And they matched her up against a male rider who was a seasoned veteran at that track. But even in that situation, she had to show her toughness and determination because of the fact she was a woman riding against a man. We went
2: into the first turn, and uh, I was in front. I could sort of tell he was close to me. I didn't look. But when I turned down the backside, I turned to see where he was. And he was right next to me holding my saddle towel. And he'd obviously been holding my saddle towel the whole time. So now he'd already gone, you know, probably three-eighths of a mile. <laughs> uh, after that, when I saw that, I was like, oh, this is crazy. So I took my stick and I cracked the heck out of him. I mean, He came up beside me, knocked my foot out of the iron. When he did that, I grabbed his horse's rein. I was holding his horse's rein. I mean, literally from, I don't know, down the middle of the backside to the wire. We were like a hand-to-fist fight. I mean, he was knocking my foot out of the stirrup. I'd get it back in. I'd whack him with my stick. I pulled his rein. It was crazy. So, I mean, up until the last... I don't know, 16th of a mile, then his horse pulled away from me by, I don't know, a length or so. But obviously doing that, my horse had carried him for probably close to half a mile. And me just not thinking that, you know, you heard about those things, you read about that stuff, but I never thought it would actually happen in real life, but it did. So I I can see where that horse got a bit, my horse got a little tired from carrying his along for half a mile
1: did you say anything to him after the race, or did he say anything No, to he. No,
2: I didn't even see him after the race. Because he, he he pulled up and went back to the winner's circle, and, you know, I came back to unsaddle, and it's so crazy because the crowd had seen what was happening, and they were up in arms against him. And the women were, like, I mean, hollering and screaming at him, and they were throwing things at him. I don't even know where they got the stuff. Tomatoes, they had some eggs. They blasted him. So they were up in arms that he had, you know, fought me the whole way. And, I mean, it was crazy. That, <laughs> But, no, the fans were on my side. So it was really cool. So it was kind of exciting and it was fun. And the the fact that the fans were so into me and wanting me to win and they hated that the guy did that to me it was it was be cool I didn't actually hear from him from the rider until a couple years later and he told me he said I could not let you beat me Diane I just couldn't he said I'm sorry that I did all that but I couldn't let a girl beat me on my home my hometown <laughs> so anyway it was resolved, and his family, his son, had reached out to me later to tell me that they all thought the world of me, and that. But they understood that their father just couldn't uh, couldn't with, withstand that kind of embarrassment, so it was pretty cool.
1: So, in other words, he couldn't get himself beat by a girl.
2: He couldn't, <laughs> and it didn't. And it, he had, but he did have to use illegal measures. Why were you in that match race? What brought that all about? They contacted me to come down. They pay, they paid me to come and ride just to increase their attendance.
1: So you were like a novelty act. To I
2: was a novelty act, exactly. But exactly. it it appealed to me just in the fact that it just gave me a kind of a, a neat opportunity to do something different. And right. I wanted to ride races, and I was having a hard time riding that many since mounts were hard to get in my error. So it was just, it was kind of an excitement for me to get to do that, you know, here in my the early stages of my career. So it was the excitement of it, and it was the novelty for them, and they they did pay me to come.
1: May I ask you how much you made? What did they pay you to come down there and do that? They paid me 2500 Really? That's pretty good money back then.
2: It was, it for me, it was wonderful money. <laughs> So, yep, they paid my all expenses at 2500 so I was very happy to go. It was fun. It was a great trip, and the people were so nice. And, I mean, everybody just, unlike here in the early stages, they were very pro-women. So I found that kind of interesting. Where here, it took a little while for it to get pro-women. <laughs> or I, I won't ever say that that would be the word, but supportive, you, I guess.
0: So as you can tell, Diane Crump not only had to be strong physically to be a jockey, but she had to be strong mentally to deal with all the issues she faced back being the first woman to ride professionally in a parimutuel race, and then later riding in the first Kentucky Derby as a female. She did that again back in 1970. This is the 50-year anniversary of that happening. And I do want to mention that Diane Crump, now at the age of 72, still full of spunk and energy, As uh, she lives in northern Virginia on a horse farm, she hikes several miles a day, and when she's not doing that, she sells horses for a living, so she's still working. My thanks to her for being a part of this show. My thanks to the other female jockeys for taking part and contributing. And as always, my thanks to you for listening. If you ever want to reach out to me and give me any story ideas, please do so. You can find my contact information on my website, and that's KentuckySportsMemories.com. That'll do it for this week's show. Again, thanks so much for joining me. I'll be back next week with another show, and I hope you'll tune in then. Until that time, I'm Gary Fogle. This is Kentucky Sports Memories.
3: I want to be a new pair of blue jeans. When I grow up, I want to be a kid's first computer. When I grow up, when I grow up, I don't want to be a piece of garbage. And if you recycle me, I won't be.
6: Give your garbage another life. Recycle. Learn how at IWantToBeRecycled.org.